0: Morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Just apologies, the president ran late on the other room. So, for those who were here before time, we'd like to honor and acknowledge that. The topic that um, I'll be addressing, we should close that The topic that I'll be addressing now is uh, rank, power, and privilege. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to get the. Maybe it's the battery. Oh, it's working. It's called rank, power, and privilege. And I, I often like to start by saying, why? Why are we actually doing this work? This falls under the broad um, umbrella of of transformation, diversity, and inclusion. Why are we doing? Uh, this work. And I'd like to believe that we're not just doing it for our respective companies that we work in, that we're doing this for social cohesion, right? Um, we want a society, I'm assuming that for you, we want a society that works uh, to us the well-being of all its members. We want a society that will fight exclusion and marginalization, um, that creates a sense of belonging, promotes trust, and offers its members opportunity for upward mobility. I truly really believe in this. I like there's a, a quotation um, that by Ernest Hemingway, who says that there is nothing noble about being superior to anyone. The greatest nobility is being superior to your former self. That if actually all of us, are to say, how can I be a better nini than last year? Then whether uh, the lady who's cleaning the floor in my house or the gentleman leaning windows in my office, I would know that they want upward mobility as much as I want upward mobility. So it's about looking at myself. How can I improve myself as opposed to thinking that I will feel better by making somebody feel less than. So you know, for me, I really love that, that, that quotation. And um, there's a book, um, for those who like reading, I've got a principle that I read one book a month because leaders should read. Great leaders should read a lot. So um, there's a book by Bob Buffett um, called Second Half. Recommended for people who are 35 years above. Yeah, the 30s can prepare, but 35 years above. But basically this book talks about that in life we can work towards success. But when you get to a certain level, you start asking yourself that I want to work for significance as opposed to only for success. So this topic around rank, power, and privilege, we're talking about all of us sitting here, all of us, we have rank, and you'll see of some sort, what can I do with the rank, with the power, with the privilege that I already have, to make someone else's life easier? Just beyond the job that I'm doing, what is it that I can do then in society? So what is guiding us with this work? Um, You know there's that little book that we were supposed to all have read that I know not many of us have read, the, the one that's free from constitutional hill that one called the constitution um if you haven't read it at least i'd recommend that one page of that book which is called the preamble uh the preamble of our constitution just the one page because for me it summarizes a lot of other things you don't have to read the details if you don't have time but in the preamble i like it says just i'll just focus on the bold it says we in south africa Um, We believe, we recognize the injustices, we believe that South Africa belongs to all who live in it, united in our diversity. Why are we doing this? Part of it is to heal the divisions, establish a society based on democratic values, social justice, and fundamental human rights, improve the quality of life of all its citizens. If you look at it, someone might say, Tell me now, where are we now as a country in terms of the Constitution? I would like you to separate the two. Why I like it, it's a North Star. As to whether individual people, politicians and corporate people are not following that, all I'm saying is that we have a North Star. Why are we doing this work? There's something guiding us that we need to to look at. And because often we talk about this topic without defining, just so we are on the same boat with regards to definitions, I often like to offer this. What do we mean by transformation? I always say transformation is not a South African word. There is just some, it's just an English. You know, people own it in, in South Africa. The minute you say transformation, they put it in a certain box. No. Just objectively, what does transformation mean? It's a process of profound and radical, and I know when you see the word radical, it also does something. So just objectively, what does transformation mean? Okay, Radical change that orients an organization or institution in a new direction and takes it to an entirely different level of effectiveness. So the purpose of transformation is supposed to bring something more effective. Yes, people implement it differently, but it has that ideal that you're not transforming for the sake of it. You are transforming so that you can bring something better in the system. What is diversity? You Google, you get a thousand definitions. The one that I like that is a workable definition is that it's a collective mixture of differences, similarities, related complexities and tensions. Do you agree that diversity has tensions? Yes, it has complexities. As leaders, I know we stand up and say, diversity is an asset. I want diversity. We have to have diversity. It's good for business. I say, yes, that's half the story. 50%. 50%. The other 50% is that what it is that you need to do to ensure that this diversity happens. is not just getting people into an organization. Once you get them there, what happens? What about the culture? What about, you know? So, so on its own, it doesn't just flow. It doesn't become good just to say diversity is an asset. It, it has to come or be packaged with inclusion. Uh, and inclusion... You can see with that, that red uh, part of that word, inclusion starts with the I. What do we mean by inclusion? It's really a deliberate action where diversity is leveraged to create fair, healthy, high-performing organizations and communities taking decisive steps. You, you'll see in every sentence there that inclusion, you know, when I was back in standard three, in my age we called it standard three, not great, whatever. When I was that, uh, my teacher used to say, Uh, a a verb is a doing word. So, for me, I often say inclusion is a doing word. We have to do something. It doesn't happen automatically. I have to to decide that what am I doing to create inclusion in my organization, in my community, wherever I'm, I'm functioning. And then Equity, equity not in the sense that you guys in this room will say equity. We're talking more about social equity. What do we mean by that? When Peter just now had his speech around the fact that he he has power, he's a president, he has power. Uh, His race, his gender, all of that give him some kind of power and privilege. If you look at this picture here, you will see that this guy here was born tall. He didn't do anything. He's just tall okay taller than the others um, so this one is trying to get an apple he cannot reach this one is trying to get an apple he cannot reach now equity as opposed to equality equality you are saying this is equal you must all stand on the same thingy this is equal we're treating you equally equity then you are saying what can we do so that they all reach an apple but you are not taking this from him you still it's still there but you are adding so that those who are here are able to be uplifted that's the essence of what we're talking about and of course yesterday when i said this work is open heart work you'll only do it if you feel that there is something i can do with what i already have with what i've already been blessed with what can i do to make somebody else's life more better than where they are now so vis-a-vis equality when we're talking equity. That is why that act, I was, I was seconded to the Department of Labor when we were developing the Employment Equity Act. We visited different countries. Uh, I was heading HR, we visited Canada, US, Malaysia, different uh, cities and countries, and we did not opt for Equal Opportunity Act. It is not called that for a reason. It's called Employment Equity Act, so that we look at equitable representation of people. So, you know, the difference between those two is important. Now, let's talk about rank power and and privilege. What do we mean by this? Societies, cultures, organizations, or teams develop a ranking system in life Uh, it's just like that. All societies develop a ranking system. There's a pecking order in which people are regarded in society um, and and these societies have invisible points that they allocate to people. So what do we mean by rank? It's one's power position in a given system or context relative to other people in that system. And I'll show you pictures now to explain this further. Um, And then comes... Power. What does power mean? Power, in this context that we are talking about, is the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behaviors of others or cause of events. Here, we're hoping that influence them positively. Privilege the benefits and advantages that come from that rank that you have, that come from the power that you have. And let me make it as a a practical example. You have types of rank. We have something called social rank. Social rank is that which society bestows on you. Um, Sorry, your name is? Pete. Pete. When people are in the front, I use them as examples. So, 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 Pete is sitting there, with permission. So, Pete is sitting next to me here. When, when we say social rank, that, that thing that you were born white, right? You never changed your color. You were born like this. It's, it's a given. It's like that. It's like those things that we were born with that are part and parcel of us, and then uh, like social orientation, and then others that gives you social rank. My economy class also will give me some social rank relative to others who don't have it. Um, and then you have what is called local rank. Local rank, If you look at, especially in the townships, when there's a whole lot of xenophobia and all that, people who are not South African who are treated differently because they are not from that particular country. So sometimes local rank, uh, you know, you're treated differently because you don't belong in that country. Or local local rank could also be about tenure, how long you've worked in in company X or Y. Uh, You've been there and therefore you've gained a lot of networks and all that. It gives you some form of social rank. And then lastly, we have designated rank. If you are a CEO, you are. It's designated to you. If you are a minister, and it can be taken away. Tomorrow, you're no longer a minister. Yesterday, you were. So, some ranks are like that. You know, it can be taken away. But others, it's like just rank as it is. So, the ability, important principles about rank. We are saying that the ability to discern the impact, okay, once rank, power, and privilege, uh, to apply to it, to improve The first page, social cohesion, is a crucial skill in leadership. Am I able to discern instances where my rank, where my power, I can apply it to ensure the broader social cohesion in society? Also, my rank is not always obvious. Me, if I have it, and I'll show you where I have rank, where others relative to me don't, my rank is not always obvious. I don't wake up, look at myself in the mirror. Pete, you don't wake up, you look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm male, I'm white. I'm white. You you don't, because you're just like that. You know, we don't every day remind ourselves of of who we are. Um, So also expecting someone with rank to acknowledge it and use it positively. Because the only reason we're presenting this is that we we are saying we can use where we pick up, where we have rank. How can I use it positively to advance others? Um, To expect someone... To acknowledge their rank and use it positively is almost appealing on their eldership. Eldership is beyond leadership. We can all be leaders. But elders, that ability to lead beyond your personal identity, to lead regardless of the fact that what comes out of your mouth seems like you could disadvantage people who look like you. You know, one, one typical example, uh, uh, former President Nelson Mandela, is one person who was able to lead with rank, with eldership, beyond his personal, what would come out of his mouth, he, he would say, I'm a leader for everybody, I'm not a leader for black people, I'm not, you know, I'm not a leader for only South Africans, so when you show eldership over and above leadership, you are able to reach beyond that which you personally stand for. So. I'm back to Pete, okay? So, when we're talking about rank, if you look at Western societies, um, and and South Africa, we adopt a lot of Western society principles as well. If you are white, you are male, you are married, you are heterosexual, and I'm assuming, because I haven't asked, you know, some of these things. Let's say you're white, you are male, you are heterosexual, you you middle class or upper class, you are educated, you are able-bodied, you are Christian or Jewish, in this, I do workshops in the US and, and South Africa a lot. If I use those two cr- countries, we put it lightly. We say, just on a lighter note, you the package, really, the way society treats you. Without your permission, if you want to test it, I own a consulting company. I employ a lot of people, different races, genders. Year and function would go and uh, would sit there. You know, I would even walk, in my head, I walk as if it's obvious that I own the company, but no, rank. Doesn't work like that. The waiter, we're sitting around the table, and then he looks. Eben is sitting there. He will pass all of us. And so this is what we have on our specials, blah, 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 blah. You must just check society. It's just rank. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. It's something for us to acknowledge it. It's not with his permission. He is not saying, can you pass everybody else and come to me because I'm white, because I'm male. It's just how society functions. Therefore, when we see how society treats people, that's the awareness we want to pick up. Below that dotted line, as crazy as it sounds, do do you know that over and above that when you are tall let's say you have all of these things ne? and then you are tall no how and then you look good and then you healthy looking you have this deep voice do you know that society gives you extra points <laughs> it does there is just something about a tall you know somebody who's tall I, my head says he he's clever he knows it if these are the, you know, if, 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 if you, you don't believe me, you must actually search. There's a, there's a whole study around, if you look at the majority of U.S. presidents, okay, that they've been six foot tall, minus one. George Bush, but most of them have been have been quite tall, and they were saying, if you look at the population, it doesn't mean that most uh, uh, Americans are tall. There is something which is the, the the underlying issues about rank as well that just gives somebody the extra bonus. So take that, take that. Let's say it's you take it as at, at 100%. Peter was talking about transformation. Now, do you know that looking at this slide, if You are head of actuary department whatever whatever in your company if you are in that and you decide to speak positively about transformation do you know that people listen to you more than they listen to me because if i stand here as a woman and say we must transform they say yeah 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 we expect it and then you decide to say listen this is what we need to do for some reason this is why we say everyone when you have rank look at where your rank could work so that you lead beyond your personal identity and, 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 and help the situation that you want. I could have the same thing here and just change one element. And it's like,, minus minus 30 percent. It is like that. If you don't trust me, go check corporates. How many it doesn't matter, black or white, colored or Indian. How many women are in top positions? Rank gender is a rank issue. It is as well. So you can see that they share all the other. Uh, elements with the previous slide, except the one on 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 gender, right? Or this one, you are black and then you are gay. I, forty percent off, corporate South Africa. If you're openly gay and you just say, corporate South Africa, we do a lot of focus groups and people will tell you that the way. People who are gay treated, is, let, let's say there's a team building, you go somewhere and people will check, you know, do you, are you really bringing your partner? There's a lot we need to do around how people are viewed and the impact that they have in society. So you can see that every aspect of our rank that you show up is also contextual. It depends on where. Uh, it is that you can read this rank differently. Like on this one, um, you can be black and Indian. Sometimes, depending on the context, you don't have rank. Or some context, you have a lot of rank. If I take this black guy, put him in the NEC of the ANC, he's got much more rank than you. Can you see? It's contextual. So, So wherever I am, if I find that this is the context where I for something that I did not even do. It has nothing to do with competence. Just showing up as who you are. That if I'm in this context, what rank do I have? What does society give me that I haven't even asked for? And how can you then use that and say, let's create this inclusive um, society that we want? Look at that. We say rank is, there's something called intersectionality when we talk about rank and privilege. Look at this woman, she's black, I'm black, right? Woman, woman. Would you agree I have rank more than her? Because I'm not sitting in a wheelchair, right? And uh, if, let's say she's black, she's female, and uh, lower class in terms of social economic status, she's a person with disabilities. Much lower rank, just in the way society. You know, I have a, 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 one of our consultants, um, uh, May her soul rest in peace We were burying her last, last three weeks ago She was on a wheelchair Quite You know, very feisty consultant and all that And she educated us And she said, observe it Do you know that when people talk to me Because I'm sitting in a wheelchair For some reason they speak louder what right, I'm just sitting on a wheelchair and there is just something they just suddenly raise their voice and I said there's nothing wrong with my ears I'm just sitting so just society treats difference in a very I'm just sharing this so that just go and observe just go and observe and pick up and ensure that where do I personally have some rank that could help um, so there are many examples negative use of rank and positive use of rank. I want to give you an example we, of the negative use of rank. There is nothing as painful as somebody with rank and who is totally unconscious of it. And over and above that, they use it negatively. So we um, were invited, we had done an employee engagement survey for a company, and we were invited to come and give the report to the Exco. They met at uh, Grace. It, it, it used to be Grayston is now the Maslow in Sentin. So we're there, the CEO invites us to say, no, you can come in because they were running late with one item. So we go in before they finish their item. In that company, what they have is something called exposing their talent. So they, 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 all the executive directors quarterly can bring one young men or women, um, that they believe they're a shining star to come and present next to exco. That's part of what they do with exposing talent. On that day, a young man, I think he could have been 27, 28, I didn't ask him, but I placed him there age-wise. So the item before, they were not using PowerPoint and all that, they were uh, discussing. So he comes with his laptop, he's coming to present for the first time uh, in front of Exco. There he is, he's connecting his uh, laptop, Anyone of you sitting here who has never experienced connecting and then there's something on the screen incompatible, something doesn't work, have you experienced it? Even when you have prepared, believe me, there's something about IT that sabotages people. (laughs) Sorry to that, guys. Just, you know, even if you've prepared. So here's this young man, he's connecting the laptop and on the screen he says, not compatible, the CEO of all people in the room. He looks at his watch He looks like this, like he looks at the watch and then does not talk to the young man himself. He talks to the marketing director who is the host of, you know, the talent on that day. He looks at her and said, can you tell your guys seven minutes is off already? Do you know, after the CEO said that, remember it's an ex team, just 11 people, smallish. After the CEO said that, I could see this young man's hand. He was, he was perspiring, he was, and nobody is helping. And I'm a visitor in that room. I felt like, say, can somebody call IT? Because this young man is not coming to show off IT talent, right? It's marketing. So why should we be... And then eventually the marketing director stands up, and IT person comes in. Finally, it connects. And then after it connects, he says, now you've got eight minutes to finish the whole presentation. Yo, I don't know that young man. What I saw... that presentation for me. And I'm not talking content. It was the most horrible, the way he came across. He was biting his tongue. He was doing that. Can you tell me what stopped that CEO from saying, can we take a five-minute leg stretch while we're sorting out this? Better still, what stopped him from going to this young man? You can touch him here to say, don't worry, it happens to all of us. Because it does. What stopped him from doing that? What he did to that young, the way even after he finishes, he was embarrassed, he was perspiring, he was this. And that's supposed to be talent, showing of talent. A company that says they value talent. Now, maybe it's just a minor example, but believe me, you know what happens with what we call buttons. The next time this young man is going to present, even if he's not the same company, the next time he's going to present elsewhere, where in front of senior leadership, the button will come up something like this. He just looks at people and he remembers how embarrassed I was, how this I was. That's not nurturing talent. He's already the boss as the CEO. Why does he even have to do it so that the young, poor young man leaves the room like he's nothing? So we present this to say, when you have rank, in this instance, the CEO had positional rank. He's the CEO. He had the rank of of race and gender and all of those things. But most importantly, the CEO, the positional rank that he has. And that which comes from his mouth has much more impact to diminish that talent as opposed to uplifting it. So at any given point in time, when I have talent, I I mean, when I have rank, I tend to ask myself, what can I do to make someone else's life easier? What can I do? And it's not only workplace, even in society. Uh, years ago, I worked for, for the city of Cape Town, and I lived in Tamboerskloof, and um, I was looking for flats, I was looking for flats, phoning the agents, phoning the agents, every time, no space, no space. I have a friend, Marie, she's African, very close friend of mine. Marie said, ah-ah, let me take that phone. Marie phones the agents. In Point, she just phones the agent. I'm looking for a flat. I said, okay, ma'am, we have two. You can come in. The same age. Do you know what it does to you here? Yes, Marie used, she's my friend. She used her rank of race and language to get a, I ended up living in Damaruslof, thank you. But my issue here, the way I got to live there just shows you that, you know, in life, there are little things we can do that we do not recognize. Sometimes when you have rank, you can be so blinded. You say, no, man, we all do things on our own. So I'm just saying, remember. Because when you have rank, people listen to you more. When you do not have rank, you know, it's not always that people listen to you. Um, You feel more freer to speak, you know. You lend your gravitas when you know you have rank, even the way you, you, you lend it. Uh, and when you don't have rank, you're sort of doing some self-editing, you're not sure, um, or you can get things done. Have you ever seen, a, a let's say, a junior manager, somebody who's just been promoted and maybe he's not sure about the, the rank that he has, and um, he's got people reporting to them, instead of saying, I need this by Tuesday, and then she say... Let's say the boss sits on the third floor. Uh, Third floor needs this by Tuesday. Instead of me saying, I need this report by Tuesday. You hear it all the time. With women, by the way, some of the feedback that we get is that if women are not sure of their rank, they tend to be very tentative. And people report to me, I'm saying, can you please do this for me? Instead of saying, could you perhaps, if you don't mind, if it's not coming? In one sentence, I've already given, if you don't mind, perhaps, if you don't, there is no way that person is going to do that. So it's like, we also encourage people that step into your power. And it's not just like that. There are reasons why people maybe are not finding themselves immediately into that power. But let's not underestimate the fact that there are people who are like that. You are able to take your space easily if you have rank uh, because you're normative. Things, you know, it's like this world is normative. If if we were to talk around sexual orientation, for example, the world is heteronormative. Everything is made for people. So those who are not like that have to step up. So if you are normative in many of these things, it's easy for you to get blinded by, by, by that. You have credibility when you have rank, you have credibility until you mess up when you don 't have rank, it could be the other way around. Prove yourself and until we 're happy about you. So can you see these, uh, uh, the two things how they go together? So what made a culture shift? just to give you an example of positive use of rank? Um, we were working in an organization where one of the biggest problems we did a survey, one of the pre- biggest problems people said that uh, there is no culture of speaking up. people are fearful of. Just speaking up as it is. Um, so what some of the, because I do coaching with some of the leaders, I said, let's implement something. If there's a fear in the system, a fear of speaking up, and the fear, often people are fearful of people at the top, and fear doesn't just come from some way. They know why. They've bent their fingers before. Maybe somebody has spoken and criticized a, a, a leader. You know, leaders who say, give me feedback, just say it, and then you say it. And then next week you're no longer there. You see, so it's like sometimes it depends when you just say it. So they have to be coached. So if you seriously want to shift a culture, if you seriously want to say, let's create an atmosphere where people are freer to speak up. So there are steps that you do. So one of the examples that I said is that allow people, don't say, give me feedback. I've always asked for feedback. Just that body language says he's not ready for feedback. So the way you invite feedback, but the way you do it must actually show that you are interested in feedback. And also how you respond after the feedback has come in. So here we are saying inviting feedback, but the way you do it makes all the difference. Your nonverbal language, your demeanor, your actions after somebody has given you that feedback. And there is power. Also, in naming a discomfort from a senior leader. You know, let's say you, I give you feedback. I'm scared of you. I give you feedback. You've said, I welcome you. I give you feedback. You know, one thing powerful for you at your level uh, to say to me, hey, thank you for this feedback. It's not easy because feedback, especially if it's constructive or negative, is not easy. To say it's not easy, but you can even add something. Please note, it's not career-limiting. If it's in a culture where people are fearful, people need to hear you say that, that it's not career limiting. It's fine to give me this feedback. It's uncomfortable, yes? And then, thank you. I appreciate it. Because this is in line with the values of our organization. Because normally, you know how we have values on the wall? And all they end up being is the wall. We don't actually live them. So if you link to say that which you are doing is in line with the values of the company, I appreciate that you've given me feedback. And then commit to say, I commit to reflecting because you cannot lie to say, I'll change immediately. It depends what the feedback is. You say, let me go reflect on the feedback. Thank you that you gave it to me. In addition, what tends to help is that Because remember, you're fixing something in the culture where people are scared of speaking up. So what else, because of your rank, if let's say you have town hall meetings or whatever bigger meetings, when it's appropriate, of course, you say, to to your staff. You know, Nini last week gave me feedback, and I wasn't aware of this. I'm reflecting on it. Thank you so much. Can we create a culture of giving each other feedback? You are doing two things. Number one, you are telling everybody else that it's okay to give feedback. You are also assuring me that I gave you feedback. You didn't take it personally. These things inclusion is a call to action you have to do something and people who actually follow these these things are doable um, and and you can actually create a culture where people feel that we are shifting we are doing something so um we are saying below a sample of questions asked in social experiments just to give you an example they, when you get home, Google and say uh, Privilege Walk. Some of you might know it. There's a video of privilege. Just watch it. It really is educational. So what it does is that it asks a few questions um, to say if you are able to move through a world without fear of sexual harassment, stand, move forward, you know? If you are able to, these days, women and I'm not saying men are not sexually harassed, but a lot around women in terms of fear. So those who fear, will step forward. Um, If you have been diagnosed as having physical or mental illness in terms of area of disability, step forward. Um, If you make a mistake and and not have people attribute your behavior to flaws in your racial or gender gender group, have you ever noticed something Um, which is also around the language that we use? If there are black people who have done i analyze newspapers a lot because because of the work that i'm in the whole thing about vbs bank right you must not note note what's being written in some of the headlines is like the symbol of black excellence black professional this and this and then if you come to marcus yoste it's a person it's just noted, it's a person. that's what we want that if I, I've never had people say the Africans business people are corrupt, no, because they are not. If it's one person, it's one person or three or four. Put it like that. don't lump everybody. So what happens in this area you find that you have done one mistake and the, your whole group is lumped together with that mistake. I don't know anybody from VBS Bank, I don't even know where it is. So suddenly it's like I have to be in the same group. So let's be accountable for our own mistakes and not ensure that we create this tension further on. So these are the, the, the examples. This is the video when you find it on, on, on YouTube, is around the privilege walking to truly educate you. It's a wonderful uh, video. So, <clears throat> Sometimes you are in a situation where you have rank and power, you are well-placed to say something and you are likely to be listened to and then you say nothing. If you are neutral, I love this, which which is what Bishop Tutu said. If you are neutral in a situation of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If a fellow elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say nothing, uh, and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality because mm -mm, you cannot say, you have the power as another elephant to deal with another elephant and he's got his foot on a mouse and then you as elephant and you're you say saying you're neutral that mouse won't appreciate that so where instances where you can say something you can do something because of the contextual rank and power that you have is what we are looking for so what we want you to do is note the following that there are always there are ways in which you can use your privilege to help others feel included. Some ideas are as follows. Acknowledging privilege exists and pointing it out. Amplifying statements made by others, by those less privileged when it's in agreement, especially in meetings. And I use an example yesterday. In May, I was in San Diego doing a presentation. Our keynote speaker was President Barack Obama. In his He was asked to talk about the nuggets, leadership nuggets he got from being a president. He said one of the things that he learned uh, when he got to the White House, because he would meet with different groupings that women in particular in the White House were saying, they are not being listened to, they were like, you do focus groups and pick up problems. And he said, rather than to say, let men help you, they then agreed and implemented a strategy where, as a woman, say the three of us are in the same meeting, and then you, your colleague, say, I remember from yesterday, say, then colleague says something in a meeting, and then all of them say something, and then when Pete says later, much later, Pete says uh, something similar to what colleague I say, and then we the boss says, yeah, let's implement. Go for it. I, Colleague said it, and... Uh, you know, the meeting went on. We get here, it's like, go for it. That's a great idea. So what he was saying is that this is what you can do. Women become allies to each other. You said a point, yes. They said a point like that. And then the boss says to Pete, that's it. When it comes to your turn or my turn, I must say, you know that point that colleague has said, this is what you need to do. It will change that point that collega mentioned before Pete. You're not saying before Pete in a meeting. It's obvious. You're just saying, when Collega said that point, this is how I would like to, because remember when you shift a culture, you need people to hear that I'm noticing. It also makes her feel good that she doesn't always have to be fighting for herself. If we stand in for each other, because I'm now... I can observe what's happening in a meeting, and I'm just sitting, she's irritated, I'm irritated, and the whole system is not helpful. So he said, what I was learning from President Obama, that they implemented that in the White House, he said it was revolutionary, what happened with women in the meetings, that First of all, stand up for yourself, support each other. And then we as men will also come, but let it come firstly as well from you, supporting and standing up and and picking up on people's points. And it doesn't just have to be gender-based, guys. If in a meeting, indeed, somebody has mentioned something good, there's always at least like 5% something good in, in what somebody can say before you. Find a way. That's what. I did find a way of picking up that. You know that point? Can I build on your point? I like it. That's how we become better people. Um, and uh, encourage practices and activities that include all staff. I have a friend, Trevor. Uh, he's in a, a small to medium-sized uh, wealth retirement management. He's white male. Very good friend. He's the CEO of that company. There's something that he does phenomenally with regards to this. He... He will always ensure that maybe naturally he loves soccer. In in the team, there will be other people like rugby, cricket, or whatever. Trevor will know. When is the Derby? What is happening in the Soweto Derby? How to engage some of the young, some of these young professionals and be able to connect with them as well. Over and above, he connects with others. It's amazing what that has done in terms of everybody wants to work to be close to Trevor. Everyone says the culture of that company. I love it. And it's a sport, right? Yes, the the, the core business is a given, that must happen. But because of sport, he was able to engage people in the place where it matters for them as well, just outside because as a CEO, as the MD, executive director, we don't just interact with people and engage with them just on business, non-business issues as well. Build relationships. They love him to bits because he is always finding out. And as I said yesterday, you don't have to know who's the goalkeeper. You don't have to. Just mentioning the important aspect in what somebody loves in their sport can actually get you that. Um, Calling out behavior that is not in line with organizational values. When you have rank... When you have privilege, let people hear you calling it out that that's not the right behavior. It's not in line with, you know, people, men who say not in my name. It's not in line with our behavior. That's when we'll make a difference. Um, Acting as a witness and volunteer to provide unbiased accounts of incidences where exclusion happens unbiased accounts, because you are in a position that you can say so. You can challenge other people. That, that story is not true. No, it's not true. It's not like that. Um, identifying a project in the community and paying it forward. As I said, it's not just about what we do in the workplace. When I have power, when I have influence, what is it that in my area of specialty, what can I do to contribute in the community? What can I do? I've got a group of friends. What they've done is that as a group, um, I went to a school in Soweto called Madeleines High School school every beginning of the year would say to the teachers uh, i adopt maybe a standard nine or grade nine class or grade 11 class and you say count the kids there who don't have uniform or school or shoes and then give me the number and let's say maybe out of a class is nine of them And as a group of friends will say, I have adopted a grade 11 class. I'm buying uniforms. I'm buying that. It has nothing to do with my day-to-day core business. There are certain things that we can do in order for us, as Bob Buffett was saying, how can actually contribute to meaning as opposed to just my own personal success. And uh, people get it. Be a social activist for inclusion. There is those who are interested, a group of my consultants who work for me, there's a group in Joburg called Whiteness Group. Uh, when white people who want to work further around the issue of white privilege as well have formed their own group just to say, how can we work on our own in the community and ensure that we educate ourselves and ensure that, and, and there are also groups like Mankind Projects where men get together to say, how can we deal with our own issues as men in society? To, so there are other things that are happening in the community that might have nothing to do with being an actuary, but have a lot to do with you being a South African. To say, what can I do to equip and educate myself so that I also pay it forward, so that I'm able to make someone's life much easier. I could speak at a conference, I could speak somewhere and talk about this is the journey that we've gone through and, uh, and cruise, uh, recruit more people. For men, recruit more men to join that project because you in the, the privacy of men only without women there. You talk about some of the things that are challenging in society. with White people, on your own, talk about the issues that are challenging. There is also a group called Your Work, My Work, where it's black people on their own, where we saying, guys, let's talk about our nonsense as well. Let's sort out some of the things, because every group has to look at issues that they can do in order that when we come together, we're then forming the society that we're looking for. The last thing, I'll never leave you without a quick exercise with a pair. What, what we do is that agreeing... Oh, please... Google this as well. The deputy principal of JP High School wrote one of the most beautiful pieces on, on privilege. I really, after I read it, I said, this man must be my co-facilitator. It was beautiful. So if you can Google that, uh, on, on because he, he, I really liked it, and a lot of people did did, did like it as well, because he says, want to help, start by admitting that you have privilege or some, some kind of advantage. Um, so I'm going to ask you to uh, tend to the person on your left or right. I don't know. You'll turn to the one behind. So you're checking this list. It's just a 10 minutes exercise, five minutes, and then we'll debrief. Look at that list. This is a list of possible rank issues. We call them rank markers. So in the context of where you work, the level of position within your company, the years of service tenure that you have, Years of experience in the industry, your race, your gender, sexual orientation, proximity to power. Do you know, some, do you know when your office is closer to the boss's office? Ne? <laughs> do you know that you can deal with a lot of your issues while others who have still have to travel from Joburg to Cape Town? If my boss is in Cape Town and is a few meters from him. Very, anyway. Look at that. Look at, at the issue where, where you feel that. Where do you think? So the, the question here is that spend two minutes each sharing where you have rank in the context of your current organization. And then challenge each other. If, if you think I'm blind, I'm saying I don't have rank with this. And you look at me, you say, no, you're very tall. Or you vary this. You do have rank. You might not. So just challenge each other. Just spend two minutes with the person next to you and discuss where you think there's rank there. you can rank. Okay, let's hear from some of the things you've discussed. Where, where, who can claim the rank that they have? And say, in this instance, I think I have rank. Oh, there was so much talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir, at the back.
1: Uh, my name is Peter Carswell and I'm the full package.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. It's like it's like an AA meeting. Hi, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm a full package. But I hope guys what we we're doing is like there's actually nothing wrong with rank. It's more like this is what I have. How can I use it more? How can, and just be aware not to use it to, like, that CEO, not to use it to actually diminish people's talent because you can actually do that thoroughly and successfully. Yeah. Thanks for that. And what, what are some of the other areas of rank that you guys uh, spoke about? Ah. Ah.
1: Uh, so one of the ones that we spoke about was around language.
0: Yes. And
1: in different organisations, different language puts you at different status. And within some of the large insurers, being English-speaking or mm. being Afrikaans-speaking can have very different outcomes.
0: Yes, yes. And as long as we're just aware, we, we that awareness of where... Yes, sir, you've got the mic there.
1: Uh, when I uh joined the organisation I'm in now uh, as, an, uh, as an older male. Um, uh, there was a, a, a gay man in the department. Yes. And he was very nervous with me because his oh. perception was that I would be uh, disapproving. Uh, uh, and, and it was only after a period that when he understood that that was not the case, that he began to, uh, to, to open up mm. to, to me.
0: Because our assumptions, you know, uh, I often say all of us, we move with what I call an invisible suitcase, inside of my suitcase, the way I grew up, when I look at you, I say he's going to discriminate against me, and you have nothing like that in your head, but I'm talking from my suitcase, I look at you through the lens of my bag, through the lens of my upbringing, hence this work everyone unzip, all of us, throw out things that are heavy in our bags that might be preventing a relationship that is more healthy, especially people you work with on a day-to-day basis, right? There was a hand somewhere here? Oh, sorry.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think for, for me, for us, one of the things that we realized was a lot of these things are actually contextual. Mm-hmm. So in a certain context, um, for example, I have a lot of rank in terms of level position within a company. Yes. But if I go into another meeting...
0: It's like
1: you're not the same person. Yes, it's like you're not the same person. So I think for me, one of the things that that came out is sometimes that's probably why you don't maybe necessarily speak out when you have rank, and because sometimes you're focused on where you want to go rather than where you currently are. So you're not really seeing... Yes. uh, ...the
0: the rank that you're actually getting you at, at, at different points yes, in time. Yes, yes, yes. And you might, you might actually be complaining about something in your life and I'm looking at you and say, what is he complaining about, you know? And it doesn't mean that you don't have a right to complain about that thing. It just shows that how contextual it is, but we need to be aware um, that you can always, there is always something you can do to help somebody else in a system that we work in. So, yes, ma'am.
1: Sorry, I just wanted to mention that we came up with a factor that wasn't on your list, and yes. that was um, contracting or permanent employment. Ah. And my, my colleague here works for virtual actuary, so he doesn't actually have an office, and he's a contractor. So, And, and also in, in my workplace, uh, your contractors can be treated differently. They don't have the same status or, or job
0: security or yeah. if, if their budgets cuts they could be first out the door so that's yeah. also an interesting one Yeah, and, and, and the reason why, still that this was longer, we had a line called other because you know when you do this there are other ranks that are contextual to a particular organization um, that people are feeling whatever more disadvantage because of that. And when I look at you, I'll say, no, he's white male, why should he complain? And yet there are things that you are feeling lack of rank because it is contextual. So it's, it's, it's really about just engaging in these open conversations uh, in, towards building a better and united workforce. I wanted to give you one, egg, before the last slides of the tips, one example of a good use of rank now, again. About, I think it was 13, 14 years ago, I was invited to a a, a President Mandela's house. There was six of us. There was a dinner there that we were invited for some other things we had done. So we were told on a Tuesday that there's a dinner on a Saturday. From that day, I bought the economist the financial mail. (laughs) Remember, I'm not in this field of the financial mail anything you know in those corner shops where there are newspapers from the uk and all that i buy anything to say we're probably going to be discussing these big things international relations i read i go and you know that when you read under pressure eh, nothing goes in so i read I read. when we got there for me if there is one leader uh, and there are others as well who i saw the most positive use of rank Having read all of that, and because it wasn't going to be a meeting of 30 people, there were six of us. In fact, five, because the sixth was his daughter. So he was going to engage with the five of us. So if I say to you, about 60 or 70% of the time in that conversation, having wasted my money with the economists and all those things, was about when he's at his village in Kunu, he says, do you know those villagers there? They don't see me like you guys in Jobek. I sit under a tree, and they asked me to mediate uh, uh, for their stories he told us one about a, a a woman who said the neighbor stole her chicken so i had to be mediating because in the villages what do you do the elderly people mediate you know so i had to sit and i was mediating around this one and and you know I published a book last year i've got those stories there he says another one was in the same village Uh, he says, I was still in jail when they're asking me to mediate on a story that the other said they didn't finish paying Lobola. They didn't. Come and help us. And he says, those are the things I mediate on. We were laughing stories in the village. And then he then turned the conversation. There were five of us, six, but five, and he engaged each and every one of us on what you would call your point of genius. Right? So my friend was a tax lawyer, so he was asking, tell me about tax law. I don't understand these things. Tell me. Educate me. And he was talking and he was talking. And as he's speaking, he says, wow, this is wonderful. And how, where did you study? How do you understand this? You know, every time as you speak, he would do something to you, right? And, and make himself so less than who you are and just elevate you. When he got to me, he said, tell me about, I said, I'm doing consulting. What, do they listen? Do these managers listen? I said, yeah, sometimes they listen so we talk but each and every one of us he made you feel so special that you know at the end of that dinner it was almost like we're walking on water (laughs) it's like i've forgotten who's this man because he turned around his power his rank to elevate the people who were there he even taught us whenever i'm with a leader i always learn something like I've learned, I told Peter yesterday, last year, he said something I learned from him when he was opening the convention. At that Obama thing, I took the thing about women. What uh, President Mandela said is that that is why it's so important to go out of your way to show people who are far less, less than you. And he gave us an example of his uh, guards, security guards. He said, I took, he says he took about a month learning their names and at least knowing one name of their children he says because others have six five whatever if i just know one because if these guys are my bodyguards right and i don't just say hi how are you he says i need to know their names and it's so nice for somebody to say how are you and how's mandla if your child is mandla do you know what that does to a person so he says never underestimate just using, going an extra, especially around people who are junior, because we were talking about issues of inclusion and all that. That I learned. So I live in node, right? At, uh, uh, after I learned that in my uh, garage there, we were pouring uh, petrol. There's a guy, I never forgot his name. It was Bonaventure. They had a, I could see it was a particularly different name. They have these badges that they put. So after he poured petrol, I'm giving him money. I said, thank you, Bonaventure. He says, how do you know my name? It's there. <laughs> I read it there. It's there. Let me tell you what that is a sign of. It means we look at people like that, they're just, you know, they're just, it's like a tree there. It's like a tree. And the fact that they are wearing some name badges says something about building relationships with people. So that for me, if there's one thing I've learned, is that make people feel special, where maybe I have more rank than people who, who are at the security guards at the gate. So from every leader, if we implement those things, we can truly come up with a country that is beyond just working as an actuary in the company that you're working with and if we do this, we tell our kids that this is how you actually run your life we will have a better uh, society, let me read the last tips that we often have, that small actions, small actions that can help with inclusion number one Solicit opinions, find opportunities to ask people. If In a meeting, in a department, I'm a head of a department, there are people who are introverts, there are people who are extroverts, um, to say, you know, I'd like your opinion on, the reason I know this, I've got two kids. My son is an extrovert there. And my daughter, if there was a continuum, my daughter is probably 2.5 of an introvert. That's like, I like are these my kids? So. It's in the house. I've had to learn this thing the most for me as a source of, I mean, as a marker of diversity. Never underestimate personality as well. So, because I'll be standing with my daughter, we're talking, uh, maybe I'm coming from work, I'm tired, she's saying something important to, to me and my son, extroverts in the room might identify with it, the energy. You know, when he walks into the house, we can all hear that he's in the house. The energy, he, he walks, mom, mom. And then I'm standing with my daughter. He even does that. look at me, look at me, mom, mom. He's very there. That's just how he is, right? And when he does that, to the introverts that haven't, have not read this book, one of the most powerful books I've learned, I've read, is called Quiet, Uh, that's really, if you have a child who's an introvert, that will liberate them. And and so another friend of mine, I've got about three books that friends bought me because I had to understand my daughter. So there's a paragraph I highlighted there that said, introverts find it draining to fight for space. So I asked, I'm not an introvert, so I I asked my daughter, she, she says, mom, it's true. When your son is busy with this drama of his, I just walk away. But picture this now. It's in my house, so I've had to put boundaries to create inclusion, to say you shall not just budge in and do this and do this. Let's say I'm a manager or I'm a teacher. Uh, because we do these workshops also in schools. I'm a teacher, I happen to be an extrovert, I listen to only extroverts in the room because extroverts can talk forever sometimes, those who are on the extreme. So, solicit, reach out, solicit opinions of people. Inclusion is a call to action that you can do. Um, Connect on a personal level, take a few minutes to engage in non-business conversations with people. That's how we build relationships. I gave an example about soccer. There are many other examples. Engage with people beyond just business. Ask questions. When you have a negative reaction to a colleague's statement or suggestion, lead your response with a question. Don't say, that's rubbish. Move on. Do you know there are people who speak like that? That's rubbish. Let's just move on. That's not building what we want. Attribute credit ideas. Acknowledge by name the owner of the idea. It makes a difference. Acknowledge by name that Pete said that earlier, you know, don't say when such and such a thing was said. If you know who said it, acknowledge. Monitor facial expressions. I know you might think this is it, it matters as well. Be conscious of a facial expression. If I'm in a meeting, the boss is busy, whatever with his face, and I can just see that whatever it is that I'm saying here is not lending or is not welcome. Actively listen. Being attentive to the speaker enhances the quality of their message. Another book, for those who like reading, by Nancy Klein, it's called Time to Think. Powerful book around listening. Uh, Because Nancy Klein says, let's say your son comes uh, to you, he wants to say something important to you, and that... If you are not trained in the proper way of listening, while they are, or your spouse, it doesn't have to be a child, while they are talking, you've already, before they even finish half their sentence, you've already asked them three questions. What do you mean? What do you say that? Nancy Klein says there, and I learned, it's a very good book, that when you do that to somebody, when you interact with them, you actually change their script. Everything that will follow, they're just answering you. They came with something that they want to say to you, that they've prepared they want to say to you. The poor listening skills from your side, you are interjecting, you are changing messages, you are doing whatever. They are now, resp- especially if you have power, especially if you are senior for some sort, they are responding to you. They have lost their train of thought and all that they are doing, they are now meeting your needs draw in participation when addressing a group send messages that encourage participation from all um, this one this is so south african can i just underline i do work all over the issue of greeting we do so many surveys and in the surveys they'll be at you go to lower levels they'll say my manager doesn't greet he just walks past me he just you know for years people have said no man just get a life even if they don't greet you I've turned it around. I've said to le- leaders, "What do you lose greeting somebody? It's a half a second. What do you actually lose? If we want to just greet them, then it's done. Just greet. Good morning. You know, in some of our African languages, uh, when you say saubona, what it means is that I see you. Meaning greeting is like so important in my language, which is Setswana. How uh, do you do You are saying, I agree. There is so much in the greeting. So as part of understanding each other, it takes half a second to say do Or good morning, or whatever. Respond constructively to difference. When responding to someone's comment you disagree with, show that you understand their perspective first. Yes, let's have robust conversations. Let's differ with each other. But I I shouldn't just differ with us saying, you know, I understand your perspective, but this is how I see it. That is why again, there are programmes like constructive conversations, how to hold uh, difficult conversations, because there are certain tips in which we do uh, to 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 create that. Um, in a better way. I would like to stop here because I can talk forever. I would like to uh, to stop here to just say to hear from four or so people what is the one thing that you'd say would be your takeaway from what we have learned. Just volunteers, two or three people. What is your takeaway from the talk that I said? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Especially, you know, if we say in our sphere of of influence, I liked, I don't know the gentleman who gave a, a talk yesterday about Donald Trump and that video, remember? The one thing that I liked in him is, in what he said, is that, you know, we can depress ourselves, right? If there is nothing I can do to to the 16 commissions that we have in our country, right? I can watch them the whole day and get depressed. But I can choose to say, okay, what is it that is working? What is it within my sphere of influence? What can I do to create this? So be aware where I have rank, where I have power and privilege. How can I use this uh, to create a better world than than the one we live in? Two more? Yes, ma'am.
1: Yes. Say, I came into this workshop expecting you to discuss rank in the context of the workplace and often you forget that the rank, your rank, oh, thank you, gosh.
0: <laughs> Start um, from the beginning, I think they didn't hear at the back.
1: No, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was just saying that I loved um, the, the framework of social rank because I came into the workshop expecting that you were going to discuss rank in the, in the workplace. And what was really eye-opening was almost when you put up the disabled woman, and to a degree, you, you mentioned her as though she had lower rank, but in fact, she might even in certain instances have rank, have yeah. higher rank than others. Yeah. And you know, those types of things and questioning what exactly do I as a person have as rank and what am I not willing to let go of? Yes. Um, and we choose to hold on to that rank of I'm a female, I can mm-hmm. bat my eyelids and get, get things or whatever, whatever the, the various types of both positive and negative rank you have. And to let go of it is really crucial so that you can see what exactly you can harness mm. and empower others with. And I think that's great. And
0: I like the fact that you, when you use an example as a, as a female, because we said all of us, we need to recognize that contextually, whatever context, we all have rank. So it's easy for me to see his rank and accuse him that he's not using his rank. What about mine? So all acknowledging that I have rank at some point in time, have what we call a social partner. You know, when we finish normally our full workshops, we say, form a social partner with somebody who's different. Let's say we say for six months, we work together, we are social partners. You give me feedback, we give each other permission. You give me feedback that Nini, You know, in that meeting, you just said this and this. This is what you did. This is how we built that. So that you can also remove the veil on my face where I don't think I have rank, where I'm always thinking you have rank all the time. And then, you know, but as I said, it's an open heart work. You can only do it if you are willing to say, let me learn something, as opposed to building a wall. Yes, sir.
1: I think the the big standard for me is the responsibility that comes with rank. So I have a certain rank and I have credibility and influence among people with a similar rank where I derive my rank from and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I have credibility with them so I need to influence them and campaign for others that's not of the same rank. So actually, as a white male, yeah. I should be the one campaigning for the rights of women and children. Absolutely. A- amongst my own, own, own similar ranking.
0: There's thanks for that. There's a group called Men as Allies that, you know, where, where you say, I actually want to be a, an ally for issues of uh, equity for women and issues of sexual harassment, and that's so powerful. That's, that's exactly what we are saying. We can do that all the time. And in the workplace, what I do with my consultants after we've been to different clients, you know you can have a slightly uh, different rank uh, because we do a debrief, right? I always pay one white and one black consultant, so we come back, we learn what did you expect from clients, because some clients are not educated, therefore they do things. Let's say we go to a client, right? Um, you and I go to a client, we are educated, we are economists or actuaries, or whatever, we are educated, there's nothing around the content. And then we get to a client, you know this thing that says client is king, né? or customer is king? Hi, some customers need to be educated. You can't just say they are always is king because sometimes they do wrong things and they need in a way we we go to to a client and throughout the whole conversation they're just looking at you eye contact as if i don't exist ne? They, they, have you ever experienced that like you are nowhere in the room they are only talking to you uh, eye contact and then what we we say to people is that In that instance, you have rank, right? You didn't earn it. You are just rank because that's how society bestows it on you. You have a responsibility. Somebody says with rank, there's a responsibility. How do you take care of your colleague? And there are tips. We give people back pockets. There are things that you can do. If I'm only giving you eye contact throughout... You do step number one level of of, of uh, making the client aware. Do you know that if you drop your eye contact, human beings they won't look at the ceiling, is going to look at, to try and look at the other person and let's say they don't. Okay? The second way in which you can do it, you say You know, you're talking, let's say you're presenting a model or report You say, you know, this part, this is what Collega did, and you look to Collega, you are enrolling her into the conversation yourself, because you already have rank. By doing that, you are giving the the client or the customer, saying that, you can't just be looking at me. There is there is a way in which, as colleagues, you are working together. Nothing frustrating as you enjoy the sunrise of the client just looking at you, and you don't care about me, we work together, you're just enjoying this. And then when we go to the car, you say, I saw that client, you know, ignored you. That's irritating, it's too late to say to me, when we are going to the car, you suddenly say, I saw the client, I want you to use your rank where it matters. At that time, to say, you know, uh, my colleague did this section of the report. So there are tips, guys. There are ways in which we can work, and this can be exciting work if we have open hearts. let us finish here.